It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live, our midweek prospect podcast or minor league podcast. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday, the 18th, about 10 o'clock in the morning, getting this out early, uh, late night last night as I was watching prospect porn out in Hudson Valley, high A, where I got a chance to see Anthony Volpe, Everson Pereira, Ronnie Mauricio, and Francisco Alvarez, three definite top 100 guys, maybe three top 50 guys. Everson Pereira is probably not that far behind either. So I believe all three of those guys made my midseason top 100 list. I'll talk about them at the end of the, uh, just give you some early thoughts on those guys. First time I had, uh, well, had seen Anthony Volpe. I actually saw Anthony Volpe in high school because he went to Del Barton, which is about three miles from my house. So I saw him in high school, saw him once in low A, but it's the first time I've seen him high A since he's really broken out. Uh, had seen Ronnie Mauricio before, but had never seen Francisco Alvarez. So, uh, so it was fun for me. Um, be going back again tomorrow and maybe Thursday. That tropical storm is coming up, so we're at, right in the cone of it. So it's really humid outside. So I don't know if we're going to see some um, some storms here. If not, if if that happens, I won't go. But I've got. Um, 14 prospects for you guys to go through, uh, four or five kids that uh, had really good weeks, and the rest are requests. I think that's working out quite well. You guys are digging up some very, very interesting guys. Uh, some players I profiled, and then they got called up to the major leagues, so which I thought was kind of interesting. A lot of famous guys, too, uh, on this list, um, but maybe famous guys that aren't having great seasons. So I thought that was fun to kind of cover as well. So again, I'm not sure they're the hot prospects of the week, but they are 15 interesting or 14 interesting guys to talk about. And then I'll talk about the, the players I saw last night. Let's get into it. First guy is Riley Green, outfielder with Detroit. Just recently got promoted to AAA. He really tore it up last week, 13 for 26, four home runs. Look, I had a chance to see him in a series about a month ago when he was in double A, and he's got future star written all over him. He's got the plus bat speed, great understanding of the strike zone. He's a really good runner. He's a great athlete, too. I do think as he fills out a little bit, that speed is no longer going to be plus, probably average to above average, but I mean, that happens with with everybody. So <laughs> I guess Trey Turner's pretty much kept the speed, but Ricky Henderson did throughout his career but most guys particularly as they fill out they slow down and obviously as they get older they don't want to steal as many bases because the risk of injury is so high so um 
I think he has a chance to be a 2015 guy, maybe 2020 early in his career. I think there's going to be high batting average and on-base percentage contributions. I think he, along with uh, Spencer Torkelson, who also got uh, promoted to AAA last week, they're set up for a mid-April promotion next year. Assuming we have a season, assuming nothing from the collective bargaining agreement changes, both of, you know, I think are question marks. But if we were to keep with the old rules, he'd be a guy, along with Torkelson, that would start the season in the minor leagues, get their seventh year of team control and be up, which puts them about the 15th, 17th, 18th, something along that in April. So let's just call it April 20th to be on the safe side. So I think he's just about ready. Uh, It's interesting. He has moved pretty quickly. I mean, Torkelson, I think we all knew the number one overall pick would, uh, would kind of move pretty quickly. And he has, he would have probably have been up this year if we would have had a 2020 season last year. Um, But, Green has just, you know, I think there was concern, right? Because he was pretty raw when he was drafted, but he has really shown that he can hit. So I think there's a star in the making. I think he's going to have some all-star appearances. And I think he, if you have him in a dynasty league, congratulations. I do not have him anywhere. Uh, He is a guy that feels a lot like a Jarrett Kalanick type of talent. I mean, it's likely a top 10 prospect in the game. Very, very high upside here. Uh, number two is Ryland Banyan, second baseman with the Baltimore Orioles. He is now in AAA. And it's not been a good season so far for Mr. Banyan. It's only hitting 165 and 164 at bats. I was expecting a lot more out of him. I know other people were expecting a lot more out of him. The Orioles were as well. Given that depth of that uh, Oriole organization, 40-man rostering is an important aspect, right? And they put him on the 40-man roster, and he simply has laid an egg this week. I think he's likely a utility player. There's a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, and he always makes good contact. But he's had a really good week. The reason he's on those lists is is kind of a glimpse at what's possible. 7 for 14 with five home runs. Now, a lot of this can go back to an oblique injury that he had, uh, maybe try to come back from that a little bit too quickly because he pretty much was uh, batting below 100 for the month of July. So uh, so hopefully we've seen maybe a turn here of Mr. Banyan. I think he has a chance to be a big leaguer, but again, it's probably at the utility as a utility role. But I, you know, I had to put him in because he probably had the best week in the minor leagues last week. Many people have not heard of them. I don't know if I'm running out to pick him up in a dynasty league, but Rylan Banyan. Next guy is a kid that I've picked up in a lot of dynasty league and leagues, and that's Kyle Bradish, right-handed pitcher with the Baltimore Orioles. He's also in AAA. Um, he pitched eight shutout innings and two starts, giving up three hits, striking out 12, and walking two. Um, he would have probably have already been up, and that's part of the reason I added him. I thought he'd be up given the terrible pitching that the Orioles have. I mean, it is brutal. Um, but he pitched to a six ERA in July, and that probably slowed his path down. But then you can argue six ERA would have made him the best pitcher on the Orioles. Well, well, I would have said John Means is the best pitcher on the Orioles. But, man, he was a, he was a spin rate guy, man. And, and with um, the sticky stuff not there, he's not the same guy. He is just not the same guy. And it's it's becoming more difficult to start him. I know I started him last night and looked good for the first three innings. And then I looked down at my phone when I was watching the game and he'd given up four innings. And four, I mean, it was, it was not good. Not an, just another bad outing by John Means. But Kyle Bradish in 13 starts, his problem is he's walking too many guys, nearly five per nine. So hopefully the last two games where, um, where he limited his walks is a, is a um, start of something. I have him as a number four starter, but he's, the changeup is really good. It's like, a, you know, John means we're talking about another guy with a really good changeup, and that's Andre Jackson uh, next. Um, and these guys with good changeups can have really early success. 
And Bradish has a very good change of breaking pitches. Okay. It's got fine stuff. The stuff is not the problem. Is his ability to harness it and ability to throw strikes. If he can, can throw consistent strikes, he's a number four starter, maybe a little bit more. He's definitely going to get some opportunities in Baltimore. And I kind of like him. So that's why I rostered him. Uh, don't look him at as a front of the rotation guy. Number four is Andre Jackson. Uh, he got the call and was the bulk reliever on Monday against the Pirates. The good news was it was against the Pirates. So you felt pretty good that he wasn't going to get annihilated. Um, look, he pitched great. Four innings, two hits, no runs, five strikeouts, four walks. I think the walks were a little unusual if you take a look at look back at every one of his minor league stops he's never had a problem with walking guys but man you get out there and the the adrenaline gets to running you got the parents screaming in the, in the stands and I mean it's nerve-wracking I think his first batter got out on the he hit the got out on the first pitch that probably helped him um, but not enough that he gave out uh, he gave up four walks um I looked at StatCast. I was I watched his, I think, three out of his four innings. Um, but I looked at StatCast just to kind of verify what I was seeing. And and first, there were some good things and obviously some not good things. So first, the good things. The changeup is really, really good. I mean, I could definitely throw a 70 on it just based on its movement. So let's go back to John Means, who's got a double-plus changeup, maybe an 80-grade changeup change-ups are supposed to fade okay so so Andre Jackson is a right-handed pitcher so when a left-handed pitcher comes up you don't want to throw a breaking pitch because it's going to curve in or slide into that left-handed batter so you need a pitch that can fade in other words as it's coming towards the batter it shifts the other way so against a left-handed batter it's moving away from him so the theory is you start the ball in the middle of the plate, and then once it hits the plate, it's it's on the uh, the corner of the you know the the black of the plate again away from the left-handed hitter, um, and that's that's what you want that kind of pitch. The same is true with a slider. You want to start against a right-handed batter, middle in, and then it's going to slide outside and hit that black on the opposite side. The changeup should do the same thing. So when you were watching that game, if you had a chance to see it, you could visibly see the ball fading. You rarely see that, not even at the major league level, on television. The cameras are just not good enough to pick it up. Now, if you're at a stadium with a nice pitch in the back and you're high enough up, you can definitely see the break. Uh, believe it or not, you actually, when you're scouting, if you want to go to minor league games, don't sit in the first five rows. You want to sit something a little bit further back. In fact, last night I was sitting in row G. So what is that, uh, like eight rows back, something like that, seven rows back? That was actually maybe one or two rows too close. But in Hudson Valley, you have a really nice pitch, so I, I had a chance to see you know, everything perfectly. By the way, there was a kid named Alexander Munoz, M-U-N-O-Z, I'll get back to Andre Jackson in a minute. Pitched a no-hitter through uh, four and a third, but I think had four wild pitches. Uh, and my gun was showing 98, 99. He was touching 98. I'm going, who the hell is this guy? I never heard of him before. Apparently signed, international signee by the Seattle Mariners. DFA'd and the Yankees picked him up. Throwing hard with a really nasty slider. I mean, I could throw two seventies on his uh, fastball and slider. Did not throw, um, did not throw a changeup at all the whole evening, but he was wild, man. I think he's walked three or four guys, but he was just, I mean, balls were going crazy. He gave up a no hitter and gave up a run. I think it was a walk, wild pitch, out, guy took third, and then another wild pitch, and the guy scored. That was the kind of evening he had. So I'm thinking, well, this guy could really be something until I'm like looking at him going, boy, that guy's awfully small. Turns out he's five foot nine. So five foot nine with two crazy pitches, doesn't really know where the ball is going. It was fun. That's what you go to minor league games for, to see that. I could definitely see this guy come up as like a, you know, a proctor kind of guy that the, the Yankees brought up and abused him for years. 
Uh, I don't see him as a starter because of the size, but he could definitely be a reliever. So it's Alexander Munoz, just an FYI, what I was thinking of that. But back to Andre Jackson. His, again, his uh, fade, if you compare, so the fade of his changeup uh, of John Means of John Means changeup is 13 inches. The fade of Andres Jackson's first outing was 13.9. That's significant. That's another inch of movement. So if Means has got a, a 70 grade, maybe an 80 grade changeup, that shows you how good Jackson's changeup is. Now that means he could have some really early success because changeups are the hardest pitch to pick up because they look like they're coming out as a fastball and then they just kind of fade at the very end. And he'll be able to get both right-handed and left-handed batters off because it fades so much. Uh, he's going to be able to throw an inner half to right-handed batters, and it's going to fade and probably not be a strike but jam into a right-handed batter. And he throws it hard enough that it's going to be a really, really tough pitch to pick up. So uh, so that was what I saw. The fastball was coming at 92.7. He was throwing 94 miles an hour in the first two innings, but kind of tailed off towards the end. Could not keep it up. I think he can throw a little bit harder than 92.7. So let's say he's a mid-93 kind of fastball guy. It's not a high velocity, but it had really good horizontal movement on it. I don't know if I wrote that down. The spin wasn't very good on it, but uh, it had nice horizontal movement, obviously pretty good vertical movement as well. So it's two good pitches with his changeup and his fastball. So that's the good news. The bad news is the slider wasn't good at all. In fact, very, very poor spin rate, had no movement. It moved an inch. The horizontal movement was an inch. I mean, that's 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 a terrible pitch, just not good. Um, he threw it hard at 87 miles an hour. So that's the good news. So just by altering the speeds, people probably weren't able to pick it up. But over time, batters are going to pick up that slider and it's going to get hit really hard. So he needs to work on that and find a feel for that. But um, so in the end, it's about that change up in fastball. Can he be a two pitch pitcher to start his major league career and have some level of success? The answer is yes. Can he become a number four, num maybe a number three starter? Maybe. But I have to tell you, based on what I saw, throw him in the, throw him in the bullpen. That guy could be a nasty, nasty reliever. He's incredibly athletic. He can repeat his delivery. Walks are not going to be a problem. Let him go with his changeup and his fastball. Then he'll be able to ramp his fastball up to 94, 95, because in shorter stints, you're going to throw harder. Going to make his change up even that much better. I think he could be a lockdown closer. Uh, so if you own him in a dynasty league, it's a great ad. I own him, so I'm pretty happy about it. But I see him becoming a bullpen arm, unless he can develop that slider a little bit better. So that was my thought on Andre Jackson. Pretty excited. It was very exciting to see a young kid that not a lot of people knew about. You know that you got a chance to get. In early on him I know I had brought him up in the past uh, and it's good to see him having success some success I don't think he got the win don't know I don't understand the rules around why guys get wins I know if you start the game and pitch five innings you get a chance to get the win once it's not that I I don't know I don't know how wins I think it's up to this the guy uh, scoring the game who had the most impact on the game which is total bullshit I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? I mean, there should be something metric-based that says, you know, if you pitch, if you have the, you know, if you're involved in the win and you have the longest number of innings pitched in the particular game, you're the guy that gets, you're the guy that gets the win, not the guy who was the most effective. I mean, that's so kind of um, not data-oriented. That's up to the discretion of a guy. You know, I, I don't understand that. But... Um, Anyway, those are the first four guys, uh, and they're all kind of the hot prospects of the week. Let me take a quick break, and when we get back, um, let me let me start to do some requests. Let me get oh, I got to get my uh, sound back up, and uh, be back in a minute. Here.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The next group are going to be maybe under next three guys are underperforming famous cats that people have asked about. Uh, then I've got two guys that uh, surprisingly made their major league uh, appearances for the first time, and they were also requests. And unfortunately, I forgot to write down people's some some people's names, so I apologize on that. But I did get some of them here. Uh, first kid who is not having a great season is J.J. Blade. Miami Marlins outfielder in double A. Jeremy asked about him. His uh, comment was, how concerned uh, how concerned are you about Bladet's terrible numbers? Well, actually, I, did, I, I don't really follow Bladet. I don't really own him. And I never was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be a star. So I really don't follow him that, that closely until I have to research him, write about him for the, you know, the either the midseason uh, list or – you know, putting together the uh, the preseason top 15s in each organization. So, in taking a look at that, he's slashing 201, 318, 374 with 11 home runs. He's got a 21% strikeout to nine rate and a 14% walk per nine rate. Okay, yeah, that's not great. I, I get the 201 batting average, right? So you see that, and, and I, I get it, Jeremy. You, you want to throw that's terrible numbers, and I, I get it, but. He's walking a lot, which is good. The 11 home runs are okay. The 374 slug is not good. I mean, that's that's not what you want with a guy that you hope is going to be a corner outfield and hit a lot of home runs. Um, but he's also walking 21% of the time, which is just a smidge above average. So that 21% and double A is probably going to turn into 24%, 25% in the big leagues. And I mean, that's a, that's a slightly below contact guy, but I mean, it's not horrible. Uh, but I know people were expecting more. Um, he's 23 in double A. So he's age appropriate. He's a high draft. He was a college kid. So I, yeah, you add all that stuff up and why is he, why doesn't he have 21 home runs? Why doesn't he have at least a 260 batting average? Um, swing has always been a little funky and that's what's always been my concern with him. He's got a little bit of speed, but the question with that hitch in his swing is what he has. There's always been concern about how much power he would ultimately have. Um, and I, 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 the good news is I took a look at video and it looks like the swing is the, the hitch is still there. It's not as noticeable. Go back and take a look at when he was in college and take a look at it now. It looked like he was swinging uphill when he was in college, which I was surprised was a first round draft pick. Um, but now it's a little bit more fluid. The pitch is still there, but it's not as, you know, not as uh, verbose. It's not as obvious. And, and just so you know, guys have hitches in their swing as a timing mechanism. Um, and it's something that probably started very early, uh, probably in Little League somewhere. Probably some dad said, add a hitch, you know, 
do a little timing mechanism. The guy got comfortable with it, started hitting well, and it probably s stuck or, you know, something like that. You know, so I, I doubt once you're in uh, high-level baseball training or definitely college, they, they, no one's adding a hitch to the swing because they know long-term that does that's, that is not a good thing. He does have a 231 Babbitt, which is obviously putting pressure on the batting average. But also, as I mentioned before, low batting average of balls and plays is particularly in the lower minor leagues. And double A is not lower, but you do worry that he's probably not hitting the ball hard. And you know, you take a look, and we don't have hard hit balls uh, because we don't have stat cast data in the minor leagues. But that's probably an issue there uh, that he's just not hitting the ball that hard. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that based on his swing and his swing mechanics and everybody I talked to who has seen him. I'm going to throw a 260, 350, 425 with 20 home runs. I think that's a ceiling. I mean, look, that's a very nice player. That's not a star. Um, and, you know, I think the 20 home runs, I put a question mark around that. Uh, so, Jeremy, I hope that helps. Again, we're looking at a guy that has really struggled this year. Low Babbitt is concerning that he's not making hard contact, but let's get, let's say he's also a little bit unlucky. I think the on-base percentage is going to be good enough to make him a major league regular. So you could definitely th see a 350 on-base percentage. I put a 260 batting average just because I think he'll hit enough. But if you told me he hit 240, I wouldn't be surprised at that. The big question is going to be how much home run power he ultimately has. I still think it's he's going to be a 20 home run guy. Uh, another kid that's asked about, Hellman asked about him, is Nolan Jones, third baseman, first baseman. Uh, and double A with the Cleveland Indians. He's another famous guy. Uh, striking out way too much this year, 31% of the time. Uh, but like Blade, he is very patient at the plate, walking 14% of the time. He's still got the 70-grade raw power. That is his carrying tool. Um, but he's yet to show it in games. Uh, and you start to worry, um, Helmet, if he's ever going to show it in games. He's slugging 419 with 11 home runs. A guy with that kind of raw power should not be slugging 419. It's amazing that he's got 11 home runs, which means he's not getting a ton of doubles. So he needs to add some loft to his swing, and I think he'll start to unlock that power. Um, if you're looking for some good news, he had really bad splits in 2019. At least this year, that has improved. If it all comes together, I think he's your classic three true outcome player. Maybe he slashes 230, 330, 450 with a lot of home runs. I'm pretty confident on the average and the on-base percentage. I, I don't think he's going to hit a lot. So I think it's going to be well below 250 as a batting average. I think it'll be a 330 to 350 on-base percentage. What I'm still – I mean, we got to see it at some point. At any level, hit some home runs, Mr. Jones. Um, so that's, that's, so we're still waiting on the power to come. Otherwise helmet, I believe he is a three true outcome player. By the way, he does have eight stolen bases. I've seen Nolan Jones play. I've gotten times on him going down the first base line. This is not a fast guy at all. So I, I, I would look at that as a bit of a statistical anomaly. I don't think we're going to see a double digit stolen base guy. Next guy is Jordan Groshans. Um, Helmet also asked about him, and I thought it was good to do a quick check-in on him. Uh, he's in. He's a third baseman of the Toronto Blue Jays, currently in double-A. I had him ranked really high in the preseason. And in the end, based on what he's done this year, it was probably a mistake. You know, I mean, I, I think it was probably just a little bit ahead of my skis on that. Because if, I, if I'm if i honest with myself, and, and when you do this, you know, and you try to provide information, I mean, I, not everything I do is going to be accurate. If I take a look at, at Jordan Groshans, he looked great for the first month of the year in 2019. Then he got hurt. We didn't see him the rest of the 2019 season. Obviously, 2020 was at the alt site. And I have him ranked really high based on one month. And low A, that was bad on me. I should not have done that. I should have been a little bit more conservative. Well, I mean, there's still upside. We're going to get to that in a minute. But, you know, you expect a guy like that to really be hitting. And when he doesn't hit, 
it's and you're trying to trade with somebody in a dynasty league and you go oh this guy's really really good and the trading partner is going to go no he's not look what he's doing so what is he doing in 62 games in double a he's been okay um it looks like he can hit and control the strike zone at 265 plate appearances striking out 20 percent of the time walking 11 percent of the time but the power hasn't come yet he's got five home runs and I take a look. There's definitely doubles power there. So that's what we're waiting on, like we were with Nolan Jones, waiting on the power. I do think he'll develop more. So when you're hitting doubles, that means you're more likely you haven't developed man strength or you don't have a leverage yet in your your swing. My guess is with Jordan Groshans, it's probably a little bit of both. I actually saw him play. He didn't get a hit when I saw him play this year. He looked okay in batting practice, you know, so... It just wasn't a good look for, for me. He didn't do anything. I still see a full-time regular here. Um, I think he can make an all-star appearance or two. I do think he'll eventually hit 20 home runs. So for now, I mean, he's probably a top 100 prospect, but he's probably at the back end of the top 100. If To me, he's a guy who would be trying to acquire, but based on what he's doing this year, it's going to be tough if you want to move him in a trade to get his true value. So if you're an owner of him, I would be holding on, hoping that Wilson is right, that the power is going to emerge, which I think it will. There's plenty of bad speed there. But also know that uh, he makes good contact and he controls the strike zone. So I think the hit tool is going to be at least a 260-270 hitter with a 340, 350 on base percentage. And let's hope that the man strength comes and or... He adds leverage to a swing, which both, I think, are possible with Mr. Groshans. So don't give up hope, Helmet, if that's what you're asking, or others who have kind of a little bummed about him. But do not sell low on this guy at all. And if you're trying to acquire him, talk down the, the home runs. Talk about him being a light-hitting third baseman. Where is he going to play in Toronto? Um, they I mean, third base will be available for him unless they sign a free agent over the winter time. Um, but I mean, you know, I would kind of play that up that, you know, he's going to be in a good lineup hitting, hitting seventh or eighth and kind of a light hitting third baseman. I think he's more than that. So uh, that's just my thoughts on Jordan Groshans. Uh, t- speaking of another Toronto kid, and unfortunately I did not write down who asked me this and it was Otto Lopez. Uh, who got his call to the major leagues, went 0 for 1 last night with a strikeout. Yeah, it happens. Uh, I saw him earlier this this year along with Groshans and uh, oh, the uh, Austin Martin. So that Hartford team was, or New Hampshire team was really, really had some, um, really had some, some nice prospects in it. But Otto Lopez, he, he's a pesky hitter. I mean, that's when you see him up there, he's fouling off pitch after pitch. He's just a hard guy to get out. So he's going to be a grinder, um, you know, with his at-bats. And he always has been able to make great contact. He could work a walk. He's got above-average runner, but he doesn't have a ton of power. And, you know, so there's enough there to hit some doubles but he's not going to be a home run guy and he plays all over the field I don't think he's got the skills to be a full-time regular but you know if you told me that he can steal 12 to 15 bases and 350 at bats with multiple positions I I think that's kind of who I think he is and he kind of reminds me of David Fletcher kind of that guy that will hit you know five to eight home runs 12 to 20 stolen bases, but really, really hit. And that's who David Fletcher is now. David Fletcher's been able to carve out a full-time playing role because he plays for a team that's really struggling just to find guys to throw out there given Anthony Rendon's status and, you know, can't find a second baseman, et cetera. Um, But Toronto's not that. I mean, where's he going to play in Toronto? I mean, Kevin Bijou, you think they're probably going to play him, though I think he's a utility guy long-term. Groshans is probably your third baseman. I mean, Otto Lopez feels like the logical guy uh, to be a utility guy. So now if he gets moved and goes in place for the Orioles, he'd probably be the second best third base player behind Trey Mancini and uh, and uh, Cedric Mullins. So 
It just depends on on fit and if he but he stays in Toronto, I see him as a utility guy in kind of a David Fletcher type of role. Another guy that caught got called to the big leagues was Jose Barrio, uh Cincinnati. This is a tough one for me to bring up um because I recently traded him in an over um bought overbuy for me because I desperately need it pitching in this league where I'm competing and team has really fallen off because of one Trevor Bauer. He was holding my ratios and holding my strikeouts. I needed strikeouts, so I traded Jose Barry on a first round draft pick and I think somebody else to get uh um oh the the Rob oh that guy, you know the 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 Toronto kid that throws they used to play for Arizona now it's in Toronto um that guy yeah so uh and yeah he's getting me strikeouts he's okay it's probably his prime year this year his 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 top year but i i, I traded away jose barrio so i think he's gonna be really good he reminds me of dd gregorius if you're you know maybe with a little bit more speed in particular early in his career uh first great defender he's it's gonna be a plus defender there kid from cuba He's got plus power and he can run. So, I mean, I think early in his career, he's going to be maybe a 15-15 kind of guy. But I think as he matures and adds some some strength, he could be a 20-25 home run guy you know, with a 8 to 10 stolen bases. So I think a, a chance to be a really good uh, baseball player. But given how deep shortstop is, he's probably going to be a good middle infielder. I doubt he's going to be a starting shortstop, which is okay. You need guys that are high-end middle infielders, and I think Jose Barrio can be that. So, um, and I, I, by the way, I think he's going to hit. Um, on-base percentage, may, he might not be an on-base percentage contributor, but he makes good contact. Really, really nice prospect and a hit that kind of goes under the radar. That's Jose Barrio. It used to be Jose Israel Garcia. I believe his mother recently passed away of COVID, so he changed his name to honor his mother's uh, name. Her last name was Barrio. Um, let me take another break and we get back and uh, I will continue the conversation. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joey Estes Jr., Atlanta Braves starting pitcher in low A. For God who asked me for this, I did not write your name down. I apologize. It's a really interesting prospect, particularly for deeper leagues. He's pitched very well as a 19-year-old low A in 17 starts. He's pitched to a 269 ERA, striking out 12 and walking less than two and a half per nine. Sits 92 to 93, and I was told that the arm action is really good. And as he fills out, he should be able to add some velocity. Secondary pitch is already showing some promise. A slider is definitely ahead of the changeup at the moment. If you like to speculate on pitchers, he's the kid that warrants some attention, in my opinion. So again, really young kid in low A that might get a bump to high A before the season ends here. Um, and you could be, you know, looking at a potentially a mid-rotation number four starter with Joey Estes, a, a guy that should really be considered in deeper dynasty leagues. Uh, Steven asked about Taylor Snyder, Colorado second baseman in AAA. This is a tough one. Steven, I've been monitoring him all season. 
Uh, I did not get a chance to see him when the Hartford Goats came to Somerset uh, because he had just gotten promoted to uh, uh, to AAA. So unfortunately, didn't see him. But I've gotten a lot of questions, and for good reasons. Look, he's slashing 255, 345, 569 when he was in Double A. That's a pretty neutral park. It used to be that Colorado played in all of these hitter parks except for Hartford, and that was the only uh, that was the only ballpark you really got a chance to see a real interpretation, a real facsimile of what we thought the player was going to be. But now they've gone to more neutral parks across you know their their affiliates, which is great. Now they get a better sense for who that player is. But he had 18 home runs, so. Uh, you know, and, and slug 569. So there's great bat speed, strong wrist. He's definitely got some power potential, but he's also, uh, Stephen, nearly 27 years old, and he just made it to AAA. He does strike out too much, 24 to 25% K per nine rate if you take a look at all of his levels. The swing is also very coiled. He's got a, a lot of moving parts in his swing. So he's one of those guys that tries to get leverage out of it. You can see it. So he could be exposed once he gets to the major leagues, if he makes it to the major leagues. Um, that's why I think it's a tough one. I, you know, course field's definitely going to help. Maybe he'll show some pop there, but I, I, I think he's maybe utility guy. Uh, second base is not going to help. Uh, if you could play shortstop, maybe he'd be a utility guy. I, I, again, I don't see a star here. I might see a utility performer if he can play shortstop. So I'm not sure there's a whole lot here, even though a kid hitting 18 home runs and slugging what he's doing. And with a with a one-base percentage of 340. Could be wrong. Didn't get a chance to see him. That's my understanding of talking with people who have seen him um, and looking at some of the stat lines. Number 12, Jory asked about Hunter Brown, Houston Astros, writing at pitcher again in AAA. This is a high-risk, high-reward pitcher that Houston has thrived on in the past. He can touch triple digits with a four-seamer and also has the plus curveball that he throws in the mid-80s, which is more of a slurvy type of, of pitch. But again, if you're, you know, you're sitting 97, 98, coming in with a hard curveball at you know 93 to 95 that should be good it should be enough uh, velocity separation that is going to make that curveball uh, work he can throw strikes but you know when he throws strikes he can, both those pitches can be real weapons the problem is he doesn't always know where the ball is going if you look at video of him pitching he doesn't repeat his delivery and there's just a lot of going a lot going on with that delivery that makes uh, his inability, his the ability not to throw strikes, but the arm is special and he can at least a level develop average control. He could be a very good big league pitcher if he doesn't de- develop some uh, some level of control. Then the Astros could throw him in the bullpen, and I think he could be a big leaguer reliever. I do not put anything past the Houston Astros. Look. A lot of the guys that are pitching in that starting rotation, Framber Valdez, Luis um, Garcia, these were not household names. These were guys that didn't know where the ball was going, and the Astros helped them figure out how to throw strikes. Same thing could happen with Hunter Brown, but if you're asking me my honest opinion, a kid who's already in AAA jury, I think ultimately he moves to the bullpen. But it's a special army. When I mean, you can bring it to 100 miles an hour close to it. Like the guy I saw last night, Alexander Munoz. I mean, not a lot of guys can do that. I mean, 98, 99, 100 are rarefied air. Um, so people like that usually find a, find a role in the major leagues. Uh, another request was Jefferson Espino. With Arizona outfielder low A slash rookie ball, uh, so I forgot who asked me this again. I apologize. Started the year in low A and was completely overwhelmed. So um, what typically happens is that doesn't always happen. But what you want to see is when a guy is really struggling in low A, he's only a young 19 years old. You bring him back to the complex. You wait for short season ball to start. There's only one league in short season ball now and that is the complex leagues 
and you redeploy him there. Uh, so they did that and things have gotten better since they did that. Um, he's got good bat to ball skills. The diamonds thought he could handle low A. He couldn't, but, uh, his carrying tool is his speed, right? So he's a 70 grade runner, but he needs that strength, uh, to have his upside, uh, be a full-time regular. My guess is he's a fourth outfielder, but he's really athletic. Uh, his swing is, you know, does work. He was just overwhelmed in low A. Rookie ball is now going a little bit better. We'll have to see what happens once he moves back into full season affiliate, which will probably be next year. But I think ultimately the ceiling is that of a fourth outfielder. The last guy I'm going to talk about before we take our final break, and then I'll talk about the game I scouted last night, is Miguel Vargas. And WP asked about him. He says, please, specifically his power profile. He can hit and has really come on of late. Just not sure what the ceiling is. So I've been an owner off and on of Miguel Vargas. I don't think I own him in a lot of leagues now. It's my bad because I'm impatient. So if you're looking to me as role model for being a great dynasty league owner, I have a tendency not to be. I mean, I get anxious and if a guy's not performing for the month, I move I move on, which I know is not the right approach, but I know so many players out there and I just fall in love very, very quickly. Uh, I wish I owned Miguel uh, Vargas in, in more leagues. I, I saw him back in 2019 and uh, Rancho Cucamongo as part of the Dodgers. That's the Dodgers... Um, it was in the California League, it used to be the Dodgers high A affiliate. I think it's their low A affiliate now. Look, he can really pit, uh, hit uh, WP, and I know you want to know about his power potential, but the fact that he can hit is likely means he's going to be a big leaguer. And that's the most important tool to have. That's the one that can keep you in the major leagues. There are a ton of guys who have a lot of power who can't hit who either do not make the major leagues or come up in our, our Aristides Aquino that have, you know, that great six-week run become a household name and probably will be a extra bat for the rest of his career, very short career. Miguel Vargas has much higher upside that because he can hit. There's plenty of bat speed as well. But the swing is not really geared at the moment for power. And that's why I believe he's never going to hit a ton of home runs. So if you're looking for me to say, hey, is he a 30 home run bat? The answer is no. I think if he changes and modifies launch angle, he could easily hit 20 home runs. But, you know, a guy who can hit like him uh, and hit 20 around 20 home runs, I, I think he has a chance to be a full-time regular. Is it going to be with the Dodgers? I doubt it because I don't think he can play third base long-term. It's not all that athletic. He's got pretty big legs. Um, I think eventually he moves to first base. That makes him a soft regular at first base with kind of a 20 to 22 home run kind of profile at first base, but with a kid that can hit, uh, I don't think that will be with the Dodgers. Um, if you take a look at him now, take, I think he's 6'2", 210 pounds. I looked at, first of all, you can't go by those uh, th- those stat lines because they don't weigh guys every year. I mean, that was probably three years ago. But when I saw him, his legs were heavy, right? So he's got the profile of a guy who's probably going to put on some weight. So it's going to hit. Most important thing is they can tweak his swing. He could add some power. I give that more than a 50-50 shot that he hits 20-plus uh, home runs. But at the moment, power is not there. Hope that helps, WP. I wish I could be more definitive, but I just can't. Let me uh, review these guys real quickly. Riley Green, looking like one of the best prospects in the game. Excited to see what he can do at the next level. Ryland Banyan has been, with the Orioles, has been terrible this year, but hit five home runs last week, was the star performer in the minor leagues. I think he can come up, maybe he's a utility guy, uh, but with the Orioles, he could be one of the better players. So it's a kid I would keep my eye on. Kyle Bradish, also with the Orioles, really good week last week. Good arm, great change up. Um, Needs to learn to throw more strikes. If he can, number three, maybe a number four starter. 
Andre Jackson, major league debut, looked fantastic. Little nervous, too many walks. That's okay. Double plus changeup looks like on the horizon. A good fastball with good movement. Slider needs a lot of work. He might work better in the bullpen. Really, really athletic. Again, two-way player back in 2018, I believe, uh, was an outfielder, had Tommy John surgery. So even though he's 25, um, he's a young 25 from a pitching standpoint. He just hasn't pitched very much. So And he's incredibly athletic. So don't worry about, oh, my gosh, he's 25, and he's just making his major league debut. I bet you in pitching terms, he's more like a 22-year-old. So um, so Andre Jackson. J.J. Bladé, yeah, I, I think he has a – it's not been a good season, but I think he has a chance to be – you know, 260, 350, 425 guy, maybe with 20 home runs, still waiting on the power. Nolan Jones is profiling out to be a three true outcome player. The power has still not developed yet. He's going to be a good on-base uh, guy in a league that has on-base percentage. I think he'll be an asset in a batting average league. Could be a problem unless that 30 home run power that looks like his raw power would dictate ever emerges. If it doesn't, Buyer beware. Jordan Groshans has been okay this year, not great. I think there's a chance for a buy low opportunity. Whatever you do, do not sell low on Jordan Groshans. Otto Lopez made his major league debut. Good for him. Um, I think long term he is a utility player, kind of in that David Fletcher role. Jose Barrio, I think, has a chance to be a, a really good shortstop in the big leagues. On a fantasy team, is he going to be a top 15 shortstop? It's probably right on the cusp of that. Um, depends on how quickly his power develops because I think initially he's going to have 15 stolen base potential. Um, but it could be that you know it becomes a you know a 20 home run guy and a five to 10 stolen base guy. But I think he hits enough. It's not going to be a strong batting average on base percent. On base percentage is never going to be great, but it won't be a strong batting average like a. 280, 290 guys. That's why I think he's kind of in that 10 to 20 range of shortstops, I think will be his ceiling in the fantasy league, which is more likely a really strong middle infielder for you. Uh, Joey Estes Jr., really interesting um, pitcher in the uh, Braves organization, having a great season, very young for the level. Taylor Snyder, uh, second baseman with AAA, um, 18 home runs in a neutral park is good. Ultimately, I think he is probably an extra bat uh, in the big leagues. Hunter Brown, do not put anything past the Astros being able to develop uh, high-risk, high-reward kind of uh, pitchers. Hunter Brown is one of those guys that can touch 100 miles an hour, sit 96 to 97. Uh, interesting guy. I think he would work better in the bullpen, but... Um, a guy that you should probably keep an eye on. Jefferson Espinal with the Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder, overwhelmed and uh, and full season affiliated ball, moved back to rookie ball, has done better. Uh, I think has a chance to be fourth outfielder, great speed, uh, but I'm not sure. I don't think he'll have much power at all. And then Miguel Vargas, Interesting guy, tough guy to own. I think ultimately he becomes a first baseman. Does he develop enough power to be, you know, a a first baseman in the big leagues? Bottom line is he can hit. You're always looking for first baseman he can hit. If you can get by with a 20 home run guy as opposed to a 30 home run guy there, then I think the answer is yes. Let me take my final break. We get back. Let me give you a little bonus coverage here. We will talk about scouting high A last night. Drove up the Hudson Valley last night, which I'm not even sure what town it's in. It's about an hour and five minutes from my house here. So it's a short drive. I've been there a couple of times, um, but I went up there because the New York Mets high A team was visiting the Yankee high A team. Um, and I've already talked about Alexander Munoz, who pretty much stole the show last night. But uh, um, 
So I had a chance to see Anthony Volpe and Everson Pereira, uh, both with the Yankees. Uh, Anthony Volpe, a top 100 prospect. And then Ronnie Mauricio and Francisco Alvarez. It's rare that you get a chance to see a regular season game with that level of high-end minor league players, prospects playing in a game. And, you know, the uh, let me start with Anthony Volpe. I actually comped him during the game. I said he reminds me of Brett Gardner. And people went nuts, like, oh, my God, Brett Gardner, some guy called him a glorified... Uh, a glorified uh, pinch runner, which again, I guess I should have. It was my bad uh, for not um, typing in Brett Gardner so I could take a look at his stats uh, by not saying the young, the the young Brett Gardner, not the thirty-seven-year-old Brett Gardner. Um, first of all, Anthony Volpe is. Uh, let, me, let me let me stick. Let me stick. Uh, stay on task here. Um, Brett Gardner in his prime was. Let me just call out his 30 well 31 uh, age year um he um hit 16 home runs 20 stolen bases 20 percent strikeout rate 10 percent walk rate hit 259 with a 343 on base percentage and a 422 slug he actually hit 28 home runs one year uh that's a pretty damn good player right and stolen bases were always there i mean averaging 24 21 20 16 23 16 that's pretty good. Uh, back early in 2011, he was 27 years old, 49 stolen bases, 47 stolen bases when he was 26 years old. He didn't have much power there, but you can see as he filled out, the uh, the speed went away a little bit and the power started to emerge. And I see Anthony Volpe as a similar play, but the thing that reminded me of Brett Gardner is Volpe is not a big guy. In fact, he's, he's little. I'm not sure what his back of the baseball card says in terms of his uh, his size, but, I mean, he's not a big cat at all. I'm going to say 5'10", 5'9". Um, let's see, what, what do we have here? Yeah, it's five, it says 5'11". Yeah, I think that's probably a lie. I don't think he's 5'11". Um, and he is like a fireball out there. I mean, just like Brett Gardner. I mean, he is he runs out every pitch, uh, simple pop-up that went to very, very shallow um, right field. He was on second base when the guy called it. So, I mean, it, it, that's the kind of player, every time I've seen him, that's the kind of player he is, right? He's all hustle, all out. When he's on the field, he's constantly talking, ordering players around. You want to see that in a player, right? That's that's the kind of guy that you want, that team has that team leadership. That's what I was referring to. Um, he went over for 4 last night. Showed really good bat control. The bat speed is not great. I know he's got, I think he's got 19 home runs. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I don't see a 20, 25 home run guy. He's got plus speed. There's there's no no uh, concern about the speed. Uh, and I think he's going to hit. Uh, fouled off a number of pitchers. Did not chase pitches uh, at all. So controlled the strike zone well. But I, I think it's a, it's, it's a guy who's going to hit. Guy has a chance to steal 20-plus bases and I think hit 10 to 15, maybe more home runs. So if you told me second, third year in the league, again, give him a pass on the first year, that he is a 270, 340, you know, 425 guy with, you know, 14 to 16 home runs and 25 stolen bases, I would not be surprised at all. It's a really, really good player. Uh, and I was pretty impressed. I mean, even though he went over four, it's the makeup. You can just see it. Now, is he going to rub some guys the wrong way, particularly pitchers? Probably, because uh, he's going to be a real grinder, real pesk out there uh, uh, for guys. So uh, good on the Yankees for grabbing him. A lot. He was he was a kid that went to Del Barton, which is again a couple miles from my house. It's a it's a private school that has a real focus on athletics. And I know they'd hate me saying that because it's a high academic school as well, but it's a real focus on athletics. They've always had a great baseball program and a number of kids have gone on to get drafted and you know play professional baseball. But Volpe was not that well thought of. He was more of a second, third round. So he was well thought of, but not as a first round talent. The Yankees took a gamble on him and it, it paid off. 
His uh, teammate, Everson Piera, um, was well thought of. I owned him in a number of dynasty leagues a couple of years ago and just really struggled to make contact. He's having a much better season this year. Does not have nearly the kind of plate discipline and plate control that Volpe has. He was chasing pitches out of the strike zone all night long. So, look, there's definitely power there. He's launching them in batting practice. Um, but he definitely needs to work on um, managing the strike zone a lot better uh, because he was he was easily fooled by pitches. But definitely a talent, not quite a top 100 player for me. Again, I'll see all these guys again tonight, maybe tomorrow, um, and have a better feel after you know seeing them for 10 at-bats or so. Ronnie Mauricio is interesting. First of all, he's a good-looking baseball player. He's got the high waist, the long legs, really athletic. I mean, incredible, I mean, electric bat speed, right? It is really, really good bat speed. He's a little too aggressive at the plate. Again, he was going up against a guy who, uh, you know, with Alexander Munoz that was throwing a no-hitter. And I think guys are probably afraid to be up there because the ball was going all over the place. Um, but, I mean, he he didn't chase like Piera did, but he was pretty aggressive, right? If anything was a borderline strike, he was swinging at it. So I, I think he's going to be prone early in his career to some weak contact. But I think the upside, again, is another Didi Gregorius. I think even more a Didi Gregorius kind of starter kid as to whoever I talked about before. Where I don't think there's a ton of, of speed there, but I think he's going to hit. And I think there's a chance for 25-plus home runs. I, I think he's going to have power. Is he... Um, He's not going to, and plus he's a great shortstop. He's not going to knock uh, Francisco Lindor off a short because Lindor is even a, a better shortstop than that. But could he be, a, I think he moves to the outfield. I think he'd be a great outfielder, but he could also move to second. He's got the arm, arm strength to move to third base. I think you see him in the big leagues. Next year, maybe, it might be more 2023. That hit tool needs some more work. But he's still a good prospect. Um, Still a little bit too aggressive. He never walks. That's what the stat line says. And based on just four plate appearances and what I've seen of him before, he's pretty aggressive at the plate. Francisco Alvarez, I've missed him every time I've had a chance to see a team that he's playing on. Uh, first of all, catcher's body, for sure. Huge legs. Huge legs. Um, but if Mauricio's got great bats, Pete, Francisco Alvarez goes to another level. I mean, that is Matt. He's just got whips the the bat through really good plate coverage at the at the plate is very selective uh he hit a ball to the warning track last uh last night tons of of home runs during uh during batting practice it it was impressive at the plate even though he didn't get a hit he showed that wow this guy has a chance to be a very special offensive player um you know, kind of in a 20-plus home run, 270, 350 kind of guy behind home plate, uh, which is rare. I mean, you just don't see that. I can't believe he'll steal any bases. Didn't really get a chance to see him run. The only thing that bothers me a little bit, and the stats bear this out, I got him at a 2.18 on a throw. That's a pop time from catcher to second base. That's well below average. And I took a look at how he was throwing out base runners, and it's 15%, which is not good, right? So he it appears he has a very, very weak arm, which I didn't know. Uh, and, you know, if you, if guys are going to run on you in the big leagues, that's a real problem. He's got the, he's got the tools, the bat, to play, definitely to play at first base. But I know they got Alonzo at first base, and that's ultimately where he is. But if if um, you know Francisco Alvarez has to move off catcher, catching he's definitely got the bat to play and a, and a you know, batting skills to play in a lot of other places. I think the Mets will try to keep him at uh, catcher. He actually framed pretty well. He looked like he was a good receiver. He's not a big kid, you know, not a tall kid. So I think he he. I would guess pitchers would, would like throwing to him, but the arm is really weak, and that could be that could prove to be a problem. So uh, maybe they can work on weighted balls with him to see if they can improve that a little bit. But a pretty impressive hitter nonetheless. So 
I tell you, it was pretty good. Even though I don't think any of these guys got a hit. Their approaches, I mean, Volpe just was just he was he was impressive. I mean, he was kind of reminded me a little of Bobby Witt Jr. when I saw him play a couple of years ago. Just a guy who was out there. It was his field, you know. It was a, he was the guy that was out there. Um, and again, some guys I think that's a little dicky. I th- I thought it was great. And I think he's got he's got some real baseball skills and savvy. You can just tell the instincts are definitely there. Everson Pereira needs to stop chasing balls, uh, but there's definitely power there. Ronnie Mauricio and Francisco Lindor, great bat speed. Uh, Mauricio will have to move off short. He can definitely stay there. Could be at third. I think he'd make a great outfielder. And Francisco Alvarez, the only flying the ointment I saw there is a very poor arm. But offensively, that guy's going to be really, really good. He really is. Uh, and I know nobody likes to own catchers in dynasty leagues. I get all of that. This guy's going to be different. Uh, that is it. I think I went over an hour. Sorry about that. But uh, I wanted to do four segments today. Uh, again, I usually don't tell you about my scouting notes because I like to save them until, um, you know, I, I do my, you know, my write-ups of the teams. But I was excited. It was fun. <laughs> Plus, uh, if you ever go to the Hudson Valley, they've got this like, great ice cream stand, but I didn't have any ice cream. I mean, I looked around in the seventh inning. Everybody had an ice cream. I'm not making this up. Everybody had an ice cream because they've got like, ice, they have like an ice cream and you can put like all kinds of stuff in it. And one of them, it looks like they have like, somebody put like a cupcake on their on their Sunday. Another one, somebody put an ice cream sandwich, like a half of an ice cream sandwich on their Sunday, and I've never got one when I've gone there, but it's just like filled with stuff, and the line is like 10, 12 deep. I mean, everybody goes for these things. I have to tell you, I I have to go and have one because they look awesome, but, you know, I try to eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. Who cares about that? Next time, I'm going for the soft serve. And plus, who wants a soft serve? Well, I guess I like blizzards, but uh, anyway, I digress. But if you get a chance, it's a great, it's a nice little park to go to. It's kind of out in the country, uh, right over the Hudson River, and you get a chance to go there. Somerset is a boring place. Um, Scranton is a Scranton is kind of it's an okay. It's a very nice park in uh, in Scranton. What other? Oh, I go to the Jersey Shore a lot. That's a really nice ballpark. But in the summertime, you can really only go there Monday through Wednesday. Well, you can go there whenever you want. But if you go there on a Thursday or Friday or Saturday, I mean, it's it's from where I live. Usually takes a little bit over an hour. It'll take you two and a half hours to get there. I mean, because the traffic going down to the Jersey Shore just sucks. So I try to avoid that. I don't make it over to Brooklyn very often. That's where the Cyclones play. And it's it's just the traffic is brutal. It's right at uh, Coney Island, which is fun. So you if you get a chance to go there, the park is really, really cool. you got the big roller coaster uh, that's right there at the park. So that's kind of a... That's kind of a fun place just to go, just to see the park. I mean, it's really great. So those are the parks. Bingingham's a little too far away from me. I don't go there very often unless there's a really good pitching performance going on or down to Wilmington, which is kind of a boring place as well. It's kind of an industrial park, so that's no fun. But so there's lots of baseball parks around where I live here in New Jersey, uh, and I doesn't take me that long to get there so i'm there to, to scout players and then i go to high school games and get paid to, to do that by uh by agents and uh, which is a lot of fun one day i'll tell you all about that and some guys and some experiences i've had they were pretty pretty cool that's it uh we will talk to you guys on friday when it is take 10 with tim <laughs>